Hey podcast, just before we get you to this episode, I wanted to invite you to join us at pageantlaunch.com. We are starting the world's first dedicated pageant review site and we want you to join our launch team. All you need to do is put in your email address. It's completely free. We are looking to make the pageant industry safe, transparent, and fair, and we'd love your input on how to do that. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, whack in your email address, and let's get you to this episode. Hi everyone, my name is Emma Davis. I'm Miss Global Wales, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Hi everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project and I have with me Emma Davies, who's Miss Global Wales 2019. Emma, welcome to the show finally. Hi, uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You, um, you've survived, we were just talking about some academic hurdles, shall we say. So can you catch us up to date? I mean, I have interviewed both your sister queens. I'm just checking, I haven't lied about that, right? So I've interviewed Freya. And I've interviewed yeah. Ashley. Uh, yeah. So lucky last, you're lucky last. Can you can <laughs> you catch us up with what's happened from being crowned originally Miss Grand to now being Miss Global and then surviving a dissertation and to where you are <laughs> now? Catch us up in the last few months. It sounds manic. Well, it's definitely been a manic couple of months. Um, I know... Freya and Ashley have gone into great detail about what happened with Grand. Uh, considering things, it, it was what it was, and our director was so supportive mm. uh, in finding the best solution for us. Uh, the UK government issued it a non-essential travel zone, so it, it just wasn't practical really for us to yeah. go out there and uh, our security and our safety was just paramount. So it was a hard, really hard decision. We all had worked tremendously uh, towards the final. Mm. And it, it was heartbreaking, really, when we discovered that we weren't going to go. Um, at the back of my mind, when I won, I did have this kind of little niggle. Um, yeah. it, it being in Venezuela, because I was aware of the, the, the political crisis mm -hmm. that was happening, um, but yeah, when we were told officially that it wasn't happening, it was really hard and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to compete uh, anywhere else or if it even yeah. was an option and it was very disheartening. Um, but moving forward, uh, we worked together to look at what were the best options for us at the time. And I think it was actually Freya that suggested yeah. global and yeah. The more we looked into it, the more we researched it. And almost going forward, I would say, in, in modern society, what it stands for in terms of empowering women, uh, cultural diversity, appreciation, uh, giving women a voice, mm. uh, embodying the beauty from within. And I think that's something we all really kind of appreciated straight away at face value. And it's all something that, we knew we wanted to be involved with. So it was almost a dream come true when this mm. new system came our way that we all shared the same ethos and the same goals. So 
it, it was really great. Um, alongside all of that, <laughs> as you know, I was finishing my dissertation. Um, so I'd been working along that with pageants for a couple of months. So it was a great topic. It was about the effects of emotional labor uh, in the hospitality industry because I was previously a hotel manager. Right. So in terms of display rules, how that can affect uh, individuals having to display these false emotions internally and externally. So it was a really interesting project, but I'm glad it's over. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was really thought-provoking, and I get my grades back December for that. So right, okay, yeah, great. So you get your grades back just before you head to Mexico. Yes, the end of December, and then we're flying on the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, maybe a little bit before that. But yeah, so it'll either be a uh, a happy Emma or a very sad Emma. You're, you're going to get either a very really a really great Christmas present or the worst Christmas present ever. Yeah, yeah. So it's a long wait because I submitted the dissertation. I think it was Friday the thirteenth of September. <laughs> That's so appropriate. <laughs> it really is. So yeah, I, I could remember that date. Yeah, for sure. That's ingrained in my brain. Oh, yeah. Just the the topic of your dissertation. You, it, was it about people in the hospitality industry having to pretend they were happy? Is that what it was? Yes, yes. Even um, under extreme emotional stress mm -hmm. and sleep deprivation? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's an industry with very high turnover. Um, mm. So interesting. Yeah, well, that basically sounds like um, my life for the last <laughs> couple of months. <laughs> yeah. So did you come did you come to any conclusions? I mean, when you do a dissertation, obviously there's a lot of yeah. research. So did you come up with any particular conclusions or even solutions? Because more than a few of the pageant girls will be working in hospitality and pageantry itself takes up so much time. Working the hospitality industry is a double blow. You get no sleep. So any solutions or any conclusions? Um the results overall were, were very mixed, actually, and they were mm. quite surprising. Uh, those who were younger actually uh, conformed more and still had elements of job satisfaction and less burnout than those who were older. Um, so mm. that kind of contradicted the literature a little bit there. But overall, uh, there were, uh, from most people that I interviewed, there were elements of burnout, but job satisfaction was high. Uh, so what really came through was that um, social support was a, a really big element. So being supported yeah. by management and being supported by your fellow colleagues was a, a really mm. big element that helped people get over this kind of forced display uh, rules uh, as such. So, yeah, it, there's a few recommendations that I've put in my uh, dissertation. So if you ever want to read it, you're more than welcome to. I can send it across. <laughs> it, I mean, in, in all honesty, it sounds like an area that I actually would be interested to see what the research says. Did you, did you go in at all to, to mental health? Because I imagine that has to be a gigantic aspect of it as well. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. There, there was a few elements where people had raised that they did because of X, Y, and Z, feeling these certain emotions that it did cause them to feel burnout. Mm. It did 
feel them to cause mentally uh, exhausted from work and they did bring that home um so yeah. these interviews were taken across a few hotel chains right and you said you interviewed them did you interview them via word via voice or how did you actually do the interview in person, person. oh wow okay mm -hmm. all right did you enjoy the did you enjoy interviewing people? I'm sure with pageantry, it normally feels like you're being interviewed. How did it feel like to interview <laughs> the other, the other person for oh, a change? It's fine, it's fine. Um, at the <laughs> moment, um, I'm a HR officer, so the goal is to become a HR manager. So interviewing right. people is quite yeah. second nature to me, really. So <laughs> yeah. You'll be comfortable from both sides of the spectrum then. All right, um, guys, you're watching. If you have any questions or any messages of support for Emma having survived her dissertation, <laughs> leave them in the comments below. She can't see them, but I will pass them on. Um, we've had Emma Hanley say, Hi, Emma. Sam Davies has sent you a sparkly heart. Shirley James has said hello. And the first name of the night that i'm going to butcher ronya moan richards oh. <laughs> welsh names and all these other names i'm like oh god please stop. no that's a swedish name ronya swedish oh this is not fair <laughs> okay <laughs> oh god um love your she said love your hair straight oh thanks <laughs> So, Emma, why don't we start with the easy question? Why don't we go to the pageantry background? Because as I often mention, I've interviewed people who've done one pageant. I've interviewed people who've done over 30 other things. So fill us in with how you got started in pageantry and what your experience has been so far. Okay. Um, so it started many years ago. Um, so I'm 26 now. And I don't say that like that means you're so old. It <laughs> like does. old. Terms. It really does, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I entered my first pageant when I was 17, and I didn't really know what I was letting myself in for. Uh, it was hmm. a regional for Miss World Wales, so previously, uh, a few years ago, you had to win your regional to get through to Miss World Wales, right. but they do it slightly different now. Yeah. Uh, so with a bit of support from family, friends and, and others, I went forward for it and somehow I was lucky enough to win on my first attempt uh, and then I went forward to Miss Wales then, so that was 2011, yeah. So I had a really great time, really good experience and then I went to university and I wanted to put my time and my effort into my university study. So I took mm. um, quite a few years out actually then after that. And I think I ended up going back when I was about 21. So that was for the power pageant originally. So that was yeah. my first time competing in one of Holly's pageants. Uh, one of my uh, really good friends, Sarah Evans, was a title holder at the time for Holly. She was Miss Intercontinental Wales, and she mm. encouraged me to enter. Um, there was a period then where I entered, I went back to Miss Wales, um, and I placed in the top five for Miss World oh, Wales. Wow. I then went to Galaxy, um, and I won Miss Galaxy Wales. I competed in America then. And then I went back to the power pageant um, last year, this 
I can't help you. <laughs> I've never seen anyone look like anyway. They're struggling so much to remember their pageantry. <laughs> so on the spot, how many pageants have you competed in? Uh, overall, I think about four different systems. Right. So, yeah, I had runner-up syndrome uh, a little bit, so I returned. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I get confused with the dates. I've never heard of runner-up syndrome before. It's yeah. funny, but as soon as you say it, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. So okay. Anyone out there that has runner-up syndrome, don't, don't give up. Well, you don't have it now. No. <laughs> how, does it, how does it feel to be rid of this syndrome? Great. Right, but being a runner-up still still is good. It still is good. I'm I'm sure it is. I mean, it's got to be bittersweet, though. I mean, getting so close, yet it must seem so far as well. Yeah. So what um what got you interested in pageants to start? Because it sounds like you've got a pretty full-on life as it is. So it obviously wasn't you had nothing better to do with your time. So what drew you into what drew you into pageantry to start? And is it the same thing that keeps you in pageantry now? Interesting question. Uh, originally, like I said, I didn't quite know what I was putting myself forward for. I think there's always this stereotype, isn't there, about pageants mm. and you think it's going to be. And I was a pro by friends and family and other members to go forward for it. I knew the title holder for Miss Monmouthshire at the time, and she she was a lovely, lovely girl, and mm. she was really encouraging me to go forward for it. And, and it kind of just went from there, really. But I think having the platform, any platform, is absolutely great, and it's what you can do with it. Uh, for me. Uh, volunteerism is a, is a really big part of why I love pageants because it gives you that platform to to be seen to help others to push it into, into the media um, yeah. so you're really fortunate in that way you get to meet so many incredible women who you've never or might not have the opportunity to meet in, in yeah. any other respect of your life and everything that we do in terms of fundraising in terms of appearances in terms of volunteering work I, I can go on with the list and I think anyone who's been to a pageant and, and could look at what any of the contestants have done even before stepping onto that stage that's a very yeah. very small part and that's kind of what keeps me here <laughs> can we talk about um we were mentioning before we went live the sleep out or what, what did you the exact term I mean I'll let you fill us yeah. in on the detail, the sleep out. Um, and you did that yeah. last night. I can't imagine it was super warm. So can you catch us up on the details of that? Yeah. So I'm an ambassador for Help the Homeless, Newport and Cardiff. So that's a community initiative to help those vulnerable across South Wales. Uh, so the director, Taz, and the director, uh, Debbie, they're really great. And they organized the sleep out. So it was supposed to replicate just part of what it's like to, mm. to sleep um, rough on the streets. So we slept in, in a doorway, an empty doorway in the centre of Newport Town. And for those who don't know, um, Newport is, is Newport. It, it's not the most um, affluent of areas. 
Right. So it was really mixed emotions going into it. I knew physically there'd be challenges in terms of it just being cold and mm. wet and typical Wales. Yep. Um, but mentally, I just wasn't aware of how exhausting it was going to be. And it was just a real eye-opener. Um, it, it makes you appreciate things and it puts things into perspective for you. We met so many individuals who, obviously, I won't disclose their names. Um, yeah, of, of course. But they, their, their stories were just... I was, I was I was in tears, honestly, most of the night. And I think people have this false perception that that, that person is on the streets because of X, Y, and Z, or maybe drug abuse or alcohol abuse. Mm. And a lot of their problems have actually stemmed from childhood and what's happened to them and how they've got there. And uh, what really put into motions was that there does seem to be a gap in the system at the moment of how someone can get off the streets and how someone can get back on their feet. Um, mm. There's a lot of, like I said, a lot of community initiatives out there, but there does seem to be that gap. And it does seem need to be, I would say, a, a cooperative element uh, instated to help. But yeah. what was interesting was the homeless community was so supportive of what we were doing. Uh, one mm. homeless man even came across and gave one of our, our uh, group members their duvet. They, they have next to nothing, and he was still giving this duvet because he could see that one of the ladies was cold. Yeah. And that, that, that just really warms your heart. And the general public, we, we didn't have any signs, so, well, we had one sign, but I, I had a few people of... Um, walk past and actually just stare at me for, and stop and stare and I, I actually felt like an animal and it was it was heartbreaking and then others uh, would come across and, and scream and yell things and you know you can't be homeless if you've got an iPhone and it, it just makes you really realize the, the abuse that, that these homeless people can go through and it does break your heart and I think there's there's a lot of ignorance uh, in this mm. world. I think it, doing initiatives like that really opens up public perception and public eyes. So I think more needs to be done. What was the hardest part of the sleep out for yourself? I think, well, I, I, I didn't even think I would sleep in all honesty, but I think mm. I slept for about half an hour and it was that feeling, even though I was in the group and I was very safe, Mm. I, I just felt like I couldn't I couldn't sleep because I just didn't feel safe. And I can't imagine, uh, for instance, we, we we took it very authentically. So we mm. didn't use, we didn't have toilets or anything along those lines. So in the harsh reality is of it, what would you do if you were placed in that situation? You have no money, you, you, you have nowhere to sleep. What, what would yeah. you do? How, how would you go about that? And I know that the group and I are looking in the future to do it for a weekend to see how, wow. how we would cope. And a lot of the homeless girls that I spoke to, mm. uh, I, I asked them, I said, what, what do you do to go to the toilet? Because everything shuts in the town centre really for you to go to mm. the toilet. And especially for a woman, I think, you know, to go to the toilet, that, that's a big of thing. Course. Yeah. It's, you know, 
and they said to me that, oh, we, we just stopped drinking at six o'clock in the evening because they just don't want to have to, yeah. you know. So it, it really does put into perspective how you would handle it. And I think we all do take things for granted. And yeah, I, I would encourage anyone if they wanted to see the true reality of it to give it a go. And if anyone does want to, I know that we will be doing it again. Like I said, we're going to do it for a weekend to see how we go and wow. the realities of it. So if anyone does want to join the initiative in Wales, you're more than welcome to just drop me a message. How did you get involved with the organization to begin with? So it was from social media, actually. Um, the hmm. head of the Newport division has, uh, he's, he's such an inspiration. We were at the Garvo uh, volunteer awards a couple of weeks ago and he won um, a, a great award and it just showed his dedication for the community, mm. especially Newport. And we also won um, highly recommended, no, highly commended, sorry, in the group section for our initiatives in the local area. Mm. So that was really, really great. So yeah, it's just social media really. And everyone's right. welcome. Social media being put to good use by the sounds yeah. of it. Uh, now, Ronya has asked, I'm just going to the Facebook comments, what are you looking forward to most about Global? Can't wait. Ronya's my best friend, so she knows how much I've always wanted to go to Mexico. So that's just a win-win. <laughs> uh, there's so many elements I'm looking forward to. I think experiencing the Mexican, Mexican culture, meeting new women from across the world, kind of making a difference together. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I, I, I don't think there's just one element really that I can pinpoint. It, it's all just going to be amazing. So I just can't wait. Why, um, why, particular, why in particular Mexico? What has fascinated you about Mexico? Because Ronya always goes and says how amazing it is and always makes me jealous. So she <laughs> knows. <laughs> I see. So it's FOMO that's basically inspiring. Yeah, yeah not going to lie. Yeah, Ronya's uh, ending up in Mexico for her honeymoon, um, which is in March. So right. she's got lots of lovely things planned. Right. Okay. Uh, speaking of global, when you do head over there in, gee, it's only a couple of months' time now. It's already October, late October. When you do head over there, do you have any particular goals in terms of how you'd like to do at the pageant? Or is it just a case of going over there, doing your best? What will be, will be? Um, I think that's an interesting question. For me, I'm the type of person that I always like to set myself personal goals, whether that's professional or, or like I said, personal hobby-wise. But for me, it is about going out there, doing the best that I can, making the most of the experience, and just enjoying myself and representing Wales to the best of my abilities. So, yeah. <laughs> so you have represented Wales on the international stage before, right? Because you said you represented Galaxy, yeah. uh, represented Wales and Galaxy. So mm -hmm. I've, I've asked more the Scottish girls this. I've never spent any time in Scotland. I have spent some time in Wales. But when you go overseas to represent Wales, what are the things that, you know, the Australians bring as cliche as it sounds, koalas and Vegemite. What's the Welsh equivalent of the koalas and Vegemite? 
Oh, uh, so when I went across to Galaxy, I took little um, Welsh love spoons. So that's quite iconic of Wales. But I, I think... know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The love spoons. <laughs> the I remember them. Yeah. And the, the top uh, means one thing, the shaft means another, and the shape of the great. head. Yeah. I remember that's those. Symbolic. Uh, but I think everyone always thinks of the dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and sheep. yeah take that as you will uh so yeah yeah, my uh national costume is going to be very interesting i hope it's not sheep it's not a sheep is it i don't guess (laughs) (laughs) i've um, i've seen white and green and red and and dragon and emblazoned yeah that's probably more majestic than going on stage is it yeah, it, it's not a sheet, unfortunately, or a Welsh cake. I know a few people wanted me to go as a Welsh cake. Um, What's a Welsh cake? It's, is it like, how do I explain it? I'll have to send Is it some. actually a cake? It's a cake. Off. It's like a cake. Okay. Um, it's like made of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's like <laughs> sugar and currants. So it's really, uh, yeah. But I will Currant. have to send you some. Okay. They're, they're nice. Okay, all right, because this is, reminds me of the first time, I, I don't know if you know the term sweetbreads, but when I heard yeah. the term sweetbreads for the first time, I thought, oh, that sounds really nice. And then I found yeah. out it's all these throat glands, and yeah, it's like, okay. So when you said Welsh cake, I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, uh, well... it's, it, it's probably a bit too soon to ask, but for some reason I feel compelled to ask you, it's coming to the end of 2019. Obviously, global is right at the beginning of 2020. So once it comes to the end of global, whether you come first, whether you don't, um, what plans do you have past the end of global? Because you seem like someone who's got a fairly yeah. set career path or like you seem like someone who sets goals. So I just feel like I should ask you. Um. Well... Since I finished my dissertation, I've been focusing quite a lot on my professional career. Mm. I've recently just got a job as a HR officer at Social Enterprise. So that's a really rewarding career because I'm not sure if you, if you know what a social enterprise is, but it's, yeah. it's a business that instead of investing its profits into its shareholders, it invests it into community initiatives. Mm. So that's something I'm really enjoying doing at the moment. And like I said, I do another sort of want to progress further and become an HR manager in terms of volunteering I, I still want to be putting all my time and effort into initiatives like help the homeless and I'm hoping we can expand and grow and make a real difference in Wales with that um, not just with the homeless community but those who are vulnerable across South Wales and I know Tad and I know Deb have really big plans with that so that's going to be very exciting going forward in terms of my pageant career i'm not Mm. sure yet what what will happen with that um i'm enjoying every opportunity at the moment with global and i'm so excited for the final so we will see afterwards uh yeah in terms of my hobbies i also show horses Uh, so i been able to compete at Horse of the Year show and the Royal International Horse Show with my mum. So we really want to get back into that next year because I've taken some time oh. off to post pageants. So I know my mum's really, really keen to get uh, back into 
forces, but we can't do everything. So yeah, that, that's what I see. Tell tell me a bit more about what's involved with the horses, because I've horse. I've not had any um any any experience in that area. Though one of my friends won a pageant here, and the major sponsor was a horse horse products dealer. So I saw all these products that I thought were for hair care for a human. It turns out it was. <laughs> I was like, why is the bottle so big? And then there are brushes and there's all these saddles. I was like, I don't understand. It's like, yeah, it's hair care for horses. But um, tell us more about this hobby, the horses. Okay, so I've had horses and ridden horses basically all of my life. Uh, my mum did the same. So there's there's loads of photos of me as like two years old sat on like a horse. <laughs> we got loads. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a real family hobby it's it's hard work showing mm. horses um but my mum and i love it uh, so like i said we've been fortunate enough to face to a qualified so for instance i'm not sure if you know about horse of the year show it's probably the, the biggest show in the uk that you can get right. to it's like national level that's as high as you can go really in the uk so um the sections that we show at, it was previously, there could only be 10 horses to qualify for. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to win a county show to go forward. So across the whole UK. So obviously you can imagine these classes, you'd somehow have 30 to plus yeah. horses. In there. So to win that and then go forward to horse the year show is a really big thing. And um, like I said, we, we've, qualified a few times for horse of the year show with different horses and we've actually won horse of the year show uh oh, wow. in the young stock division yeah it was one of the best experiences of my life um my mum and i went in there and it was a new horse he was only a baby and we did we weren't thinking um we were gonna do very well we were just going there for the experience and i actually made friends with one of the stewards um when I was walking around mm. and it's quite a funny story really and when they were reading out the results I was kind of just looking around like oh, okay it's not it's not going to be me just smile and be happy and the steward was mouthing to me he's like you've won and I was you stood <laughs> quite close in a lineup and I was looking like oh he must be talking because there was horses which are absolutely fantastic next mm. to me I was like, okay, well, he must be talking to one of them. So he's looking at me going, you've won, you've won. And then they called out my name and it was, oh, it was incredible. And you, you do your kind of your lap of honour. And it's really, really funny because my mum actually ran into the ring, the show ring, and bear in mind this security. And she actually just, because she didn't realize that I was going to win. And she like pushed past everyone. She was in a hairnet. She gets really embarrassed about this now. So sorry, mum. Uh, and she ran in and she just <laughs> hugged me and they got everything on film. So she, yeah, she regrets it a little bit now, but at the time, <laughs> it was so worth it. <laughs> She's lucky they, the security didn't crash tackle her to the ground. Oh, there was no stopping my mum. There was no stopping her. Um, and she did the same when I won uh, Miss Galaxy Wales. She, like, came forward to the stage and was taking <laughs> photos and then, like, ran away. So people were like, oh, there's Emma's mum, but she's great. 
So when you say you show horses, what does that mm -hmm. actually mean? Because the more you talk about it, 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 it sounds kind of like pageantry for horses. I mean, you, I mean, yeah. you even have the victory yeah, lap. I mean, you do the victory definitely. lap, you have the victory. Is it, so when you say show horses, what does that actually entail? Um, so show, we show horses in terms of in hand, so holding them and then ridden. Uh, and when you show a horse, it's about appearance, but it's also about confirmation and movement. So there, there are similarities uh, with horse showing and pageants, but... When things go wrong with horse show, you can always blame it on your horse, but when it's you, oh, quite. You should no. find pageantry super easy because you're not being dragged around potentially by a horse. Yeah, well, they, they always do say you shouldn't work with horses. Well, animals, don't they? Uh, you can't they always say you shouldn't work with animals and children. Those are the two things yeah. you're not supposed to work with. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would assume when you're showing horses, you're not doing it in a gown and heels. No, no, a lot, yeah, comfier clothes. <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> it, it literally just sounds like a pageant for horses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Davies, I assume, must be your mum because of yeah. both the surname and the comment of um, that you've made her a very proud mummy with a smiley oh. face. Obviously, didn't hear, hear the hair net story. <laughs> well, you, you might have some issues after we hang up on the uh, interview. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, so, Emma, in terms of preparation for global, uh, I mean, you've been super busy, obviously, in the last couple of months. So, how are preparations going for Mexico? Preparations are going really well. Uh, my national costume, the design has just kind of been approved. So going forward with that, I'm, I'm really excited. It, it, it's very iconic as Wales and I think you'll, you'll get it straight away when you see it, but I'm so excited. Uh, the designer who's making it, he's so talented. Mm. I, like, I can't wait to see it. In terms of just general preparation, I think it's about making the most of the platform, like I said previously kind of being the best ambassador I can possibly be for Wales, but also for global mm. as an as a, a organization. So I really want to embody the, the competition, the values, what I previously stated, and I, I want to push that forward. So I want to make the most of my time. So just doing everything possibly that I can in the lead up really. So yeah, busy. <laughs> so by the end of this year, sleep for you will be a distant memory, just as it is yeah. for me. Yes. Definitely. Do you have any appearances planned out um, for the rest of the year? Yes, um, I have quite a lot actually. But yeah, just follow my Facebook page and you'll get to see all those. Um, there's a couple of judging opportunities, um, a couple of uh, appearances, kind of the, the list really goes on, and I'm really excited for each and every one. Nice. Uh, just before we move to the final 10 questions, so we discussed at the beginning your pageantry experience. So you've had, give or take, a decade worth of experience. Yeah. With... Oh, God, a decade. When you oh. say that, and don't say that, it makes me feel so old. But you've, I mean, you've had a few years breaks. Um, you're, you're experienced. You're not old. But in terms of some of the lessons that you've learned, that you've taken away for, for yourself from pageantry and self-development journey and things like that, 
what are the kind of major things that you've learned about yourself through your pageantry journey? I think one of the main kind of lessons that I've learned, and I know this might sound cliche, is just to be yourself. I think in this day and age with social media, the list can go on. There's a lot of pressures to look and be a certain way or to achieve certain things at certain ages. And I think it's just to take a step back and appreciate yourself and love yourself for who you are um, and not to conform to any idealistic images that you may think you should be or shouldn't be in pageants and just be yourself because if you look at the queens across all systems the most of the queens who have won have won because they are uh, you know enthusiastically just themselves mm. and i could relay so many which really are but i think yeah, yeah that's one of the biggest lessons that i've learned do you have any idea who you would have who would be sitting in front of me now if it hadn't been for pageantry that's a good question um i think it would be still be a similar person but i do think that pageants have shaped me and helped me to be the person that i am today and i think like i said i am very goal orientated and pageants do mm. push you and i think they do help you to bring out the, the best side of yourself and yeah okay so before the final 10 questions uh, anyone that you'd like to say thanks to or just give a shout out to for supporting um, you throughout your pageant journey? Well, there's a, there's a very long list. Uh, but firstly, I would like to say thank you to my sponsor, R&R Fitz, who sponsored me originally for the Power Pageant because without his sponsorship, which is my sponsorship, I wouldn't uh, be sat here now. Um, my friends, my family they support me in everything that i do so i i can't even express how grateful i am for their support so, yeah thank you everyone <laughs> okay perfect do you have any idea what the final 10 questions are yeah i i've, I've got an idea i have seen previously some videos <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna be honest it's no it's so funny because no matter how many interviews i did in australia every time i ask someone have you seen the final 10 question everyone would be like no now <laughs> that i've started interviewing more in the uk not only do people know what they are they've been ringing their friends around like asking for help to answer the questions <laughs> like saying oh my god what is my favorite word i'm like don't you know what your favorite anyway all right, let's go. Let's go into this, and we'll we'll pretend it's spontaneous, minimal minimal preparation. So, number one, uh, what yeah. is your <laughs> off the cuff? Number one, what is your favorite word? Well, at the moment, I would say that my favorite word obviously is global because I'm so excited. But I do have a favorite phrase, which mm -hmm. do take the mick a little bit out of me for when I'm very like self-assured of something, I always say the phrase 100%. So. <laughs> With that exact 100%, not 100%, 100%. How often does this phrase come out from you? Is it once a day, once a week, oh, once every much, minute? Too much, I don't even realize I'm saying it. So you'll probably go back and look over this interview and I've probably said it like six times. So. <laughs> so, so out of the times that Emma says 100%, uh, 
how many times did she actually write? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what that means. It means not 100% and probably nowhere near it. Okay. Question two. What is your least favorite word? A hard one. Uh, I would say probably the connotations towards the word failure. The word failure, I just think it's such a, a harsh word. And I think anything we do at life, it, we like, I don't like the thought of failing something as such. Mm. And I know if you break down, a lot of people say that you look at failure as first attempt in, first attempt in learning. And that oh, wow, I've never heard that so one before. Much better. Yeah, so that's kind of how I like to look at failing. That's very cool. First attempt in learning. Okay, I've got to put that, commit that one to memory. Question three in life. <laughs> what gets you excited? What turns you on? What turns me on? Um, I think it would be my volunteer work at the moment. So it's something I'm very passionate about. And when I can see I'm making a difference, especially in the group setting mm. that I have been working in, it I feel so self-fulfilled and yeah, it's really rewarding and that's what makes me happy. Has that always been something that has motivated you helping others and giving to others? Cause obviously you've mentioned a few things, including social enterprises and all of it is aimed at giving back and helping the planet. Has that been something that's always been core to who you are? Definitely. It's something I'm very, very passionate about. Mm. Okay. Question four, what turns you off? Um, I think it's just negativity in general. I can't imagine you have many negative people left in your life. No, no. But those who are, I think it, it, it can be quite draining. So, yeah. 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 It's easier just to get rid of them. Question <laughs> five. What sound or noise do you love? Ooh. Uh, I think that would actually have to be, to a lot of people's surprise, uh, my alarm in the morning. Oh, wow. Now that is I'm a first. I'm that person. Yeah. Um, I have the, you know, the, the song, not the song, the ringtone, where it's like a harp. <laughs> so it's quite yes, I, 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 I do. Yeah. And I think hearing that first thing in the morning, although sometimes, mm, but most of the time, most of the time, I am excited to get up. I'm quite a, an early bird person, usually most of the time. <laughs> That's, you started off from up here and you're gradually bringing it down, bringing it down. And Ronya has said you're 100%. After that, she's oh, written a smiley no. face and then she's written 50%. So she thinks you're 100% is 50%. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? I think uh, when I was little, I probably would have said the ability to talk to animals. because I was really jealous of Dr. Doolittle. And I mm. wanted to believe Horse that whisperer. somehow I would get these powers to be able to speak to animals. Uh, but somehow that just never happened. 
I mean, look, I, I talk to my cat all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. But I, I don't know if he understands. I like to think he does. Oh, he probably but uh, but the now, look on its face suggests otherwise. <laughs> the ability to stop time, probably. So if you were able to stop time right now, what would you do? Stop time, maybe grab a coffee and come back. <laughs> <laughs> small goals. We have small goals. Um, I got so thrown off, I just realized by your answer to the favorite sound being alarm clock, I didn't ask you the other question, which is what sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. Have you ever seen the video of the I don't know dog... where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, the dog Fenton and his owner. Have you ever... I'm going to have to send you this video afterwards. Well, basically, I have two little dogs, Caesar and Tilly, and I love them dearly, but they can be quite naughty. And sometimes mm. they do have Fenton moments when they're off their leads. So in, in the Fenton video, this guy is calling his dogs, his dog, sorry, and then you could just see all these deer running, and then you can see that he's calling his dog because his dog is running after these deer, and he's, like, yeah. screaming, running towards the dog. So it's probably yeah. myself calling out to Caesar and Tilly, very, very high-pitched, screaming, running after them. I'm like, oh, that would just sound horrible. <laughs> So your least favorite sound is yourself? It's myself screaming. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me cringe. I think, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I ever gave out an award for the best answers to those two sound questions, I think well, you'd easily take it. Okay, okay, now that I've got to remember where I'm up to, question eight. Yeah, I've done question seven. <laughs> question eight. What job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? I think if I could have my time again, I'd like to be a surgeon. So not afraid of blood, not afraid mm. of needles. Here's a question. Do you have any unusual phobias? Because I asked this question on my Instagram and I cannot believe the array of answers I got. Do you have any unusual phobias? No, no, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> Afraid of spiders or snakes or rats or <laughs> balloons. I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. The, the most common answer has been balloons. Balloons. Hmm. Oh. So much so that I looked up the actual name, and it actually has a designated name. It's called globophobia. Somewhat oh. ironically, not global phobia, but globo globophobia is the fear of balloons. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm actually relieved to hear that. Someone who doesn't have a phobia. Question nine. What job or occupation other than your own would you definitely not like to attempt? Uh, that would definitely be an air hostess. Yeah. I, I love traveling, but I am terrified of flying. Every little movement, I'm like, what's happening? You know, I, I can't stand roller coasters or anything where, you know, your tummy drops. That feeling. Yeah. yeah, so I would not be a very good ear hostess. <laughs> so who's a lucky person who gets to sit next to you on the flight over to Mexico then? Ooh, Freya or Ashley. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder which one of them would be more reassuring. I don't I don't think either of those two are particularly reassuring. They're both tough as nails. You might just have to deal with it yourself. Yeah, yeah. tough love. <laughs> yeah, no, those two are very, very tough. Okay, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I don't think he or she or she would have to I've sometimes even said she. say anything. I think as long as my friends and family and loved ones who've passed away were just waiting there on my pets, I think it wouldn't need to be any words. Nice. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, um, that is about it. I'm going to thank you for your time, Emma, and um, best of luck in the months leading up to Global. And I'm going to thank everyone for watching. I'll keep you on the line for just a second, Emma. Um, I'll let the audience go. Thank you for watching. Thank you for telling me that Emma's 100% is actually 50%. <laughs> and we will speak to you next time. What's up, guys? It's Adrian again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to head over to pageantlaunch.com. Join our launch team for our review site. It's super important to all of us to make sure that the industry is safe, transparent, and fair. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, write in your email address, and we'll speak to you next time.